Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better, the brand designer podcast. We are on a break right now. Woohoo! Like Ross and Rachel, we are on a break. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually not the biggest friends watcher. I know I need to get into it. I'm an office girly through and through, but I've had so many people tell me I need to start watching friends and I don't know. Maybe you don't have to opinion. if you don't want to. It's all right. <laughs> it's uh I feel like it's just a little like 90s for me, but you know what? This is so off topic, but like I got a belt bag, like the cross body, like belt bag style thing, like not a fanny pack. It's a belt bag and I feel so nineties and it's making me so happy. So maybe friends should go along with my belt bag. I love that. Right now. I need one. <laughs> okay. So, well, we're not on a break right now, but while you guys are listening to this, we are going to be enjoying a four week break in between seasons five and six. So we thought that during the time that we're kind of a little bit out of office with the podcast, we still wanted you guys to be able to have something new to listen to or semi new to listen to. So we thought we'd pull four episodes from the archives that we felt were just really timeless still super relevant, some of our most popular episodes. And we are going to kind of go through and record these little intros for you guys for the next four weeks. Um, So if you're a listener, you've been around for a long time, you might've heard one of these episodes. We still encourage you to listen again, because there's so much I feel like to be gleaned, like not necessarily just for me, but like from listening to I don't know, something that like, at, at least I list, I have learned a lot by listening back to some of these episodes and thinking about how different things are now, but also how similar some things are as well. So you guys can reminisce with us a little bit, but if you haven't listened to some of these episodes, they are some of our most popular episodes, um, some of our most listened to episodes, and also ones that we just are excited to rerun for you guys. So with that being said, this week's episode is From season two, episode one, it's called Setting Healthy Boundaries in Your Design Business. And listening back to this was honestly really difficult for me. Hearing Giselle's voice, hearing her laugh, like it just made me like just crave her presence in a way that like I hadn't felt in a long time. I know that everyone's journey with grief looks different. And like it it is, I feel like, you know, it's, it's different for me and her because like we were podcast like besties. I'd never met her in person, but like I, she was still one of my closest friends. And so I don't know, it's like really, really, really bittersweet for me to like listen back and hear her voice and everything. But at the same time, like it's just, it made me smile. Hearing her laugh was just like, oh, it's like, I don't know. It was, it was a very complex, a lot of complex emotions being felt, but this episode is worth a listen, guys. We chat all about boundary setting with friends and acquaintances, boundary setting with yourself, like learning how to trust yourself, learning how to let go of projects that don't serve you, not start projects that you're not that excited about. We talk about avoiding burnout. We talk about the definition of success, which is, it's so funny for me to go back and listen to that because it's exactly the same topic that I love talking about all the time now about like, okay, how do you actually define success? It's something I ask my mentorship students all the time. Is it money? Which is okay. Like you can have financial goals. You can be successful by achieving those financial goals. Is it quality of life? Is it the way you feel when you wake up in the morning? It's so funny that like that was a conversation I was having like almost two years ago now. And it's still something that's really relevant for me today. And I know that that's something that's important to you too, Esther, is like not necessarily always measuring success by like the number of clients that you have or like the amount of money that you make every month, but just kind of like being more intuitive and listening to your body and like seeing how you feel. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear you say this too, because you have this audible voice of yourself years ago, talking about how you felt at that time and what you, how you established your success, how you were with your boundaries and to see the change in you is really cool. But I also, for me, like with success, I would say my first year in business, I definitely thought that my success was tied to a number value And this year in business, my success is tied to my freedom. And so it's just interesting how you continuously evolve and grow as time goes on. 
And I love hearing the juxtaposition of you in season two versus you in season six. I know. It's insane. I actually was, I mean, a couple of things, just quick thoughts that I had, and then we'll wrap up and let you guys listen to the episode. I feel like my voice sounds so much deeper. (laughs) It might just be the recording or something, but you guys can let me know what you think. I was like, oh goodness, is that how my voice actually sounds? I don't know. Maybe I have like a podcast voice now. Just a couple updates I wanted to make um, now compared to then. I was saying that I don't really have very specific timelines and I kind of like let it kind of the projects go as they do. Now I have very specific timelines. I map out by the day sometimes what is going to be happening. That's just something that I learned over time that makes the client happier and me happier. I also mentioned that my sweet spot for project cadence, like number of projects at a time is four projects. That has changed for me. Now it's two to three projects, depending on what they are. I moved from setting three goals a day to having two goals in a day. Not super big change, but like you can tell that I'm kind of pulling back a little bit. A lot of that has to do with raising my prices, learning about value-based pricing, that type of things. And then at the very end in the inbox question, I mentioned that you can apologize if you want to a client that you're letting go. And I would actually disagree with that advice now. I would say if you haven't done anything wrong, I wouldn't put the word apologize or sorry in the email at all. Um, I would try to be helpful. I would try to connect the client with someone that can help them. But I made it a rule in my business about a year ago that I do not apologize for things that are not my fault. And instead, I be, I'm still helpful and kind. But that has been something that's really, really helped my confidence and you know, me not getting walked all over like I used to by clients. So just those are my updates. We'll let you guys listen to the episode. Enjoy. Allow Giselle's beautiful laugh to make you smile. And um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, we're back. (laughs) Yay, season two. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And we're really excited to talk about today's topic which is the healthy boundaries and design. But before we do that, we always start off with an intro question and Jen thought it up today. So Jen, I want you to get started. Okay. First, what's something you did last year that you're no longer going to do this year? So it's a reverse resolution. I, I love, love I love that so much because <laughs> it it makes it makes it just a little bit easier and more approachable to kind of take something off your plate than it is to put something on your plate. Um, and that kind of ties into my answer. Something that I did last year that really just didn't really add to my life was saying yes to things that I didn't really want to say yes to. And this is something I've been working on for a really long time, but it's not just in design either. It's, you know, if people ask me to go and do something, like hang out or go and do something, it's like nothing against people ask me to do stuff. And if you're my friend and you're listening, please still invite me to things. But like, (laughs) I just found myself really putting a lot of pressure to just say yes to a lot of things that I didn't truly have, not even regular time for, but just mental energy for. And I'm sure you guys understand what I'm saying. So something that I did last year that I'm not going to do this year is saying yes to things that I don't want to say yes to. So I'm going to practice saying no more, which is, I think, a great, great reverse resolution for me. Yeah, I agree. I think for a lot of us, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just generalizing and I'm sorry about that, but designers are usually people pleasers. <laughs> yes. I feel like you're, uh, yeah, we're like type A type of people. And I'm, I do know designers who are not like that, whose desks are like crazy and like their desktop, like their desktop is just files like all over. I saw a designer. It worked for her though. That was part of her process. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. The genius. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're very much all like that. But um, yeah. So Giselle, what is something that you did last year that you're not going to do this year anymore? Well, yours is a really good one. I'm always working on that as well because it is easier said than done. And I'm constantly like, I'm not going to do that again. You know, I'm not going to work with that type of client again. And here I go again, (laughs) specifically when it's someone that you already have a connection with, you know, so it's not just like some random person I can easily say no, but people that you've worked with in the past that you're like, I know this isn't a good fit anymore. And it's hard to break up with these kinds of clients. But I I just finished uh, Marie Forleo's new book, Everything is Figureoutable at the end of 2019. And it was the perfect book to read to start the new year because she basically gave me a kick in the butt of like, if you're complaining about something, then 
chances are that you're the one holding yourself back. And that includes like, you know, whenever you're scared of like doing something, let's say breaking up with a client, it's going to be a lot harder thinking about it than just doing it. So that's something that I guess would be my reverse resolution this year is going to be to just think a lot less about it, about what you're going to do and just do it. I love that. You know, I noticed that I spend a lot of time reading and rereading and rereading emails before I send them. Right. Yeah. And something that I'm going to try and practice this year is to write an email and be present and intentional when I write it, you know, not make like mistakes and or whatever, but just hit send, just hit send, you know? And like, I feel like that's going to add a little bit more time back into my day. So that definitely ties in. Yes, exactly. So I think challenging ourselves to just like take action, but not making, it can be messy and whatever, but you know, being intentional with the action that you're taking and just doing it. And that way, you know, you just become better just by doing it more often. And then next thing you know, in like a month, even you're going to be so much better at it. (laughs) Yes. There's so many different muscles that we get to flex and practice as business owners and like saying no and just pulling the trigger and making the call and asking the question or firing the client if you need to. Those are things that take practice. So if it's something that you struggle with, like don't be hard on yourself because we struggle with it too. We all do. Yes. Yeah. If you tell yourself, if you allow yourself to to fail or uh, that's a strong word, but if you allow yourself to mess up at the beginning, then you're going to feel a lot better about doing it too. So even like just telling yourself, Hey, Giselle, like you have every right to mess up because you're just working on this. You're in a work in progress instead of, you know, being so hard on yourself. Like we had talked about in a previous episode, but yeah, anyway, (laughs) so good. So good. I feel like our answer is really tied into our topic today. So we're going to just go ahead and jump into that. We want to just talk about setting healthy boundaries in design. And I know that kind of sounds like, okay, Jen, what are you talking about? Why do I need to set boundaries when I am just itching for clients and like, I'll take anything, anything that walks and has a wallet, you know, like I, we've all been there. Like we, like getting an inquiry is the most exciting thing. I think that can happen to any small business owner, you know, or if someone walks through your doors of your brick and mortar, you know, it's like, I have a customer what's the payment, you know? <laughs> but it is really important to think about not only your time, but your overall vision for your business and also your mental health when, you know, you're looking at, you know, potential clients and people who are interested in, in hiring you. And we're going to start off with setting healthy boundaries with family and friends, because I know this is something that a lot of people will struggle with, especially when starting out. People either not understanding what it is you do and, you know, making these crazy requests from you that you're not comfortable doing or people who don't value your time and work because, oh, it's fun. It's creative. Oh, you're a designer, right? Can you just do this real quick for me? It's it's really easy to just put on a happy face and just be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'll just do that real quick for you. I'll knock it out. Even, especially if it's a quick ask, you know, it's like, oh, can you make this business, this business card for me? Or like my kid's birthday party is like next week. Can you make an invite for me? It's like, those are things that we want to be able to say yes to, especially if they're coming from people that we care about. But in the long run, when you are, you know, you have your CEO hat on, those are asks that you need to take a pause before responding. And we're not here to tell you whether or not you need to say yes or no to that. That's a decision that you need to make. But we're just here to kind of help you be more intentional about handling those situations. Because I know it can be very awkward and uncomfortable when someone asks you to do something that you really either don't have time for or you just don't want to do. So yeah, especially that second one. Yes, I know. You know that it's going to be quick and you know that you have time for it, but you're like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I know. Like, and that's like, it's so hard to say no. To how that. do you, how do you tell like a loved one that, that you don't have time for their projects? You know, and, like there are a lot of emotions and feelings that are tied into that. And especially if this is someone that's related to you or close to you, you don't want to hurt their feelings or make them feel bad for asking. I think the first thing in a situation like that is to remember that 
most of the time, people are not trying to encroach on your time or your business. It's always easy to get very defensive. At least this is how I kind of approach situations like that. Like, how dare they ask me for this quick thing? Like, don't they know I'm so busy? Like, don't they know I'm only doing branding and web design? Like, people don't know. They just don't know, especially if they're like not married to you or your kid. You know, like people don't see what you do every day and maybe people don't follow you on social or they think that you provide a service that you just are not providing right now. So I'll actually share a story. I know I've been talking a lot, but I'll share a quick story. Um, this situation happened to me a few months ago around the holiday season. I had an acquaintance reach out to me and ask if I could help her create a, a Christmas card for her family. And I used to you know, run an Etsy business where I did greeting cards. And I was swamped. This is the end of the year. I was about to go out of office yeah, for Yeah, you weeks. were so busy. I was very busy and... I truly didn't have time. And not only did I not have time, I didn't want to do the project because she was like, Hey, I've, I've got $10, you know, like you know, I was, I, I was trying to do it myself, but I just couldn't get it to look good. You know, could you take a look at it? And she was so sweet and, you know, asking me and my initial reaction was like this negative, like, how dare she ask me? Yeah. <laughs> she so know? I'm out. so busy. I'm so stressed out. Like, you know, but like I had to take a second and think like, okay, she, she does doesn't know that. She's just, she was complimenting my work. She's like, you're such a good designer. Like, could you help me? And so what I did was I took a pause and I just kind of calmed down. And then I like texted her back. I was like, Hey, that is so sweet. Thank you for asking me, you know, just, just a quick thank you to like, let them know that you appreciate that they thought of you. That can go a really long way. Um, I said, thank you so much for asking. I am completely swamped right now with the holiday season and I am moving more towards branding and website design for my business. So unfortunately, I can't help you out right now, but definitely, you know, stay in touch. And like, I'd love to see the card once, you know, you are able to get it done. And I didn't, what I didn't say was, oh, if you have asks in the future, send them to me to make her feel better. I didn't say like, oh, well, maybe when I'm less busy, because then that leaves the door open for her to send stuff to me in the future. So that's kind of how I handled that situation. Maybe I could have done better. Maybe it could have been worse. But I just wanted to share that story with you guys. Yeah, that's a great story to share. Thank you for sharing that, Jen. And one of the key points that you mentioned is that you know, you could have said these other things to keep the door open, but why would you, right? right? Like being intentional about how you're treating the opportunity and also being like grateful that they even thought of you because that really goes a long way showing our gratitude for things. And it helps us stay humble because if you think back on when you, when you started, or even if that's you right now where you're starting out and it's like super frustrating when you have all of these opportunities that you want, but you're not getting them. So then when you get to a point that all these opportunities keep coming in, it's easy to take them for granted. Mm -hmm. So never forgetting when you started and yes, knowing that this is all kind of a privilege, I guess, like (laughs) for For sure. I mean, like I, I was flattered. I really was flattered that that she thought of me and everything. And and you know what? If you're if you are in like the 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 very beginning phases, you want to get you know you you have a lot of time on your hands. You want to get some work under your belt, especially if it's the type of work that you want to show off to future clients. Unfortunately, a lot of the times these asks are not that. You know, someone's not like, hey, will you brand my boutique like lotion business? Like, ooh, that sounds like a cool project. Like maybe you could you know comp that if it's like in the beginning stage. Of your business. But like a lot of the time, it's like, hey, my kid has a soccer game, and like, can you make a team thank you card for it? It's like, oh. <laughs> when I was starting out as a freelancer, even before I registered Wander Design, I was taking on everything and anything that came my way. <laughs> Same and- girl. <laughs> And I did logos for lacrosse teams. I've never watched a lacrosse game before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember what other random things I did, but I, it was really good experience for me. I think when you're starting out, it's really great to say yes to these opportunities, especially when you have the time and any little bit of extra money counts. So it's also a really great way for you to realize what you actually want to do because I, for the longest time, didn't know what I wanted to specialize in. I knew that I had to specialize and I was just like, I don't know, like I came from a multimedia background. So I know how to do like all sorts of things, but my emphasis was graphic design. So I just wasn't sure like where I wanted to funnel into and just experimenting 
working with all sorts of different clients. And all of that just helps you, that exposure just helps you realize like what type of people you like to work with, what kind of industries you like to work in, what kind of work do you like to do? Um, and like the, your aesthetic as well. A lot of people have asked before, like, how do you find your style? Well, it's just by continuing to produce work. So. Exactly. You know, if you don't know what type of food is your favorite food, then girl, you got to eat. You got to eat all different types of food. You know, you need to try everything. You know, it's not the time to be picky, like, especially in the beginning. And so, like, and maybe it's going to be a valuable client experience for you. Maybe that's what you take away from it, whether it's, you know, I don't really want to design this Christmas card and it's not really something I would share in my portfolio, but maybe I need, I need experience working with a client that's not someone that, you know, is like my sister or whatever, you know. So sometimes that's really valuable. So if you can see value in it for you, whether that's, you know, the $10 that they're willing to pay you or the experience, or, you know, you do want to share it on your portfolio, make sure that you are also getting value from it as well. And then go for it. We're not here to tell you, oh, don't take asks from people that you know, you know, so it really, all of our answers are like, yes and no, it depends, but yeah, uh. it's all it's all a personal decision. And you just reminded me too, of one of the things that, that, irks me about certain people. And I know like you were saying, Jen, like at first, it's like the first reaction that you have is like, how dare they? (laughs) But then after you're like, they just don't know, you know, like you just have to kind of work through your feelings before you respond. But it's when they ask you for something and they say, like they basically want it for free and they say it'll be really good exposure. I think that is just, especially if this person that's like promising this exposure, like are they even the right audience that you want to be in front of? And second, like how much, like how much is this exposure really going to be? Like, are you going to work for Target? And even then, like you should not work for free for Target, even if they're telling you like, you're going to have such great exposure. Like that means nothing that you have to get compensated with a payment. <laughs> so, and then going into payment, um, I wanted to say working with family and friends, it's kind of like a slippery slope. Sometimes I tend to go on the side of not working for them because I rather I treasure their our relationship so much that I'd rather just not put like a working relationship between us. Um, and that's a personal decision for me. Um, it's based off of some personal experiences as well. They're not that bad, but I just like prefer not to go into that realm basically. But when I do work for family, it's mainly my mom. <laughs> she has her own business. She um, She does like uh, maintenance for dialysis clinics. So she has a few employees and things like that. She'll need like the annual greeting card and she'll need new t-shirt logo designs and she'll need like some marketing materials or whatever. And she has never asked me to do it for free ever. She like compensates me and she's so sweet. And I'm like, I I would do it for free. She's my mom. Like I owe her, I owe her my life, <laughs> but, but she would never let me do it for free. And I respect that. And as a businesswoman to businesswoman, we do that exchange. So I don't know how everyone's going to feel about that, but I think it's worth mentioning this because maybe some people feel that way too. And and I'm just here to tell you that that's fine. Like having that relationship is it's okay too. And then in other cases, I worked for family members that this is when I was starting out. I don't do this anymore, but I worked with some family members that they wanted something, you know, like a website or they wanted a logo. And I was in my starting out phase. So I said, yes. And they gave me like a small compensation for it as well. And and I was able to do it. And these projects just didn't work out too well. Like they either didn't get finished because they dropped the ball on it. They didn't see it as important because I'm just their niece or they like didn't pay as much for it as you would if like, you know, businesses will pay for something to, if they feel like they put something on the line, then they're going to spend a lot more time caring about it. And in this case, that wasn't the case because I'm a family member and they paid like very little for it. And they could just like with the logo project didn't get finished. And then with the website project, they just redid it the next year. So it was good practice for me to begin with. But the, after that, I was like, oh, well, this sucks. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, that's so disheartening, especially when you're first starting out, because like that just makes you think like, man, they didn't like it. Like I'm not good enough, you know? And I mean, like that's coming from someone who redesigns her own website every three months, so, like, <laughs> which I admire because I still haven't done the redesign. I don't know how I find the time for it. I did it while I was out of office, you know. JenDavisDesign.com, check it out. I still haven't checked it out. I need to check it out for this. Oh, yes, for sure. Do it. I'm so excited. I I completely agree with everything that you said. My family, I'm, you know, lucky enough to have family that has never asked me to do design work for free. I know not everyone is in that situation. And it usually stems from someone to give them the benefit of the doubt. They usually don't understand the value of your work or your pricing or how any of that works. So it's worth it to sit down with them and just not even 
even in terms of a project for them, just be like, Hey, I want to tell you about my business. I've been having, you know, some success and I wanted to share about my process and pricing with you. Like just, you know, casual conversations. Those really go a really long way. Um, but I, I think what Giselle said about, you know, your mom not letting you work for free, even though you totally would. It's great. Not everyone has that type of great parent that will, you know, want to pay or can't or can pay or can afford to pay, you know, like so there's just a lot of factors that go into it. But really think of, you know, take time, make sure you're not reacting out of, you know, anger like I do sometimes. <laughs> and like think about how it really makes you feel. If you're like, you know what, I really am excited about this project, then girl, take it or or guy, you know, like just take take it and do it, run with it. Like allow it to serve you in your business. But if you are just you know, tossing and turning about it and just dreading, you know, opening up your artboard, like trust yourself. That's the only thing that we can say about that. It's, it's very, it's a very complicated situation. I I do err on the side of not doing work for friends. I do work for my mom. She um, works with a nonprofit that I'm currently redesigning their website and she paid me for it. And, you know, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's not really the type of thing that I would really share in my portfolio. Um, But like, you know, I love doing the branding for it and the web design is going to be really cute. So, Ooh, I can't. um, (laughs) Yes. So much web. So then in terms of creative boundaries, with family and friends. We kind of went over that. Now let's talk about doing creating boundaries for yourself. Oh, gender. I don't even know which is harder. <laughs> I really think, I really think it's harder for me personally to create mm-hmm. boundaries for myself. I agree. Um, for myself, I, not for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jen, stop calling me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell Jen no. <laughs> I want to be that type of person that you can't say no to. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like I think that when I first started, I really didn't even see myself as a person. And I know that like, like, oh gosh, wow, are we you like we're getting deep? Like, you know, like yeah. we're getting deep, guys. But like I'm talking in terms of business. You have to treat yourself like an employee. I mean, the government definitely does because you got to pay twice the taxes. You are the employer and the employee. If you are, you know, a solopreneur of any kind, we are paying double the Medicare and Medicaid, all that. So the government definitely sees you as both. You have to see yourself as your own employee, you know, and if you have kids, then it's easy to think, you know, how would you treat your child? How would you talk to them? You know, how would you help them in, in a situation in which they're struggling or stressed? You know, it is very, very difficult to do that for ourselves, but it is crucial because when you think past the clients and the money and all of the success and the fame and the Instagram followers and like all the things that we want more of, more and more and more clients, you know, when you think past all of that at the end of the day, if you're not happy or if you're struggling or if you're so stressed out that you don't have time to get up and take a lunch break or you don't have time to get up and walk your dog or or do the things that you really love to do outside of design, then you should take inventory of how you're treating yourself as a business owner and as an employee. And setting those boundaries is very, very difficult because I'll cancel on myself all day. I'll cancel on my yoga class. I'll cancel on this. I'll cancel on that. But for my best friends, like I'm not just going to cancel on her without telling her, you know, or without a good reason, you know, like if you're sick, that's one thing. But like, if you just like want to keep working and working and working and taking on more and taking on more and taking on more, it's like, yeah, you might be making more money, but what is your quality of life really like? And so those are really hard, important questions that you should be thinking about when you're talking, when we're talking about avoiding burnout Mm -hmm. um, in design. And you, you hit something like really deep for me when you just said that, because that is one thing that I've been dealing with basically last quarter. And I was just swamped with so much work because I just kept taking it on um, because the money was good. And also like, I really wanted to do the work. And mm-hmm. it's and hard I, when the work's fun. It's yeah, hard when exactly. they're dream clients, you know? And I even did the whole, you know, like I'm booked out. And if, you know, if we start this date, then it'll be great. And then they did it. And so I had everything kind of like a pipeline going, but even then I was taking on too much. So by the time that that project was starting, I was like, oh my God. Like, how am I going to do this? And I just, my quality of life just suffered. So I canceled on myself. I stopped going to yoga classes. I reduced the amount of time I spent outdoors. And as if you guys know this about me, I live for the outdoors. <laughs> so Giselle is an outdoor cat. <laughs> yeah. she's, a, she's an outdoor animal. You can't yeah. keep her cooped up for too long. <laughs> yeah. Hence wander design. <laughs> yes. But I, yeah. So like the, it was like, I created this business 
to have the life that I wanted. And then I created a monster basically. So, you know, starting 2020, I thought no more, this isn't going to happen anymore. I'd rather get a pay cut and get my life back, um, which means just hiring people and delegating. So yeah, so that's one thing that I had been struggling with. And now I'm like, all right, I'm ready for the challenge. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Like, I think that that's something like we always talk about, oh, we're going to talk about the stuff you don't see on Instagram. This is one of those things, guys. And more and more designers are opening up about this. I know Brie from Rowan Made has made, you know, talking about burnout and avoiding burnout. She's championing that. And I think that is so important to like open up and talk about because, you know, you see these people who have all these clients and they're bringing in all this money and they're like, oh, I made six figures, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting all my goals. And, you know, like you have to weigh success, not just in terms of those like data points that you can see or measure, you know, like we have to start thinking about success in terms of how you wake, you feel when you wake up or how you feel when you think about stepping into your office and getting to work. And I think that's a really, really hard thing that Giselle was talking about where, where she's like, I need to take a pay cut because I'm not happy or, you know, I'm stressed. Like there was a night a couple weeks ago with me right after I got back from being out of office for two weeks, which was amazing. I spent time with family in the holidays. I had started getting up really early. I had so much to do. I had, you know, a lot of projects like kicking off um, at the beginning of the year once I got back. And at the end of like, at the end of the week, I was just so overwhelmed by the thoughts in my head, trying to keep everything straight, you know, trying to make sure my clients were happy. Like I just like broke down and cried. Like my poor Mm -hmm. husband was like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? And I was like, (laughs) it's okay. I just need some time to cry. You know, like, you know, those, those times when you just like, you just need to cry it out. Like that's just kind of how I release stress. And, and so like, you know, when you think about how you feel overwhelmed or you think about how are these people taking on all of this stuff and killing it, you know, like behind the scenes, like we struggle just as much as you guys. And I know there are people out there who are way, way further in their careers than, than, than we are who experience the same thing. So share about it, talk about it. You know, we are all, we all struggle with it. Um, Yeah, definitely. And that's why, you know, we're better uh, the podcast because we're not trying to be better than everybody else. We're trying to be better than ourselves. And so that, that includes a lot of reflection and seeing like, what did we not like last month, last week, yesterday, last year, Mm -hmm. and what can we do better today? So, um, I think one of the big things that you hit Jen is that, you know, if you're just driven by the money, that's going to dry out, not the money's going to dry out, but like your desire for it is going to dry out or, mm-hmm. or it'll just turn into like, well, now I need more and now I need more and now I need more. And oh, and I'm then, so guilty of that. Yeah. Like I've been making, I've been having five figure months since the summer. And at first I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. I never thought I could do this. And now I'm like, well, now it's not enough. But then if you realize, like, if you go back and think, well, what, what is the actual purpose? Like having it written down, like your actual reason why you started this business and why you're doing it beyond the numbers then that's going to be what's going to really drive you to continue on, especially during the times that you're struggling and not enough, not any kind of money is going to actually help out with that. Um, Absolutely. Having those like data and like, you know, income goals and all of that, that's, that's great to have as a measurable goal, but it's only a tactic, you know, for your ultimate goal, which is the reason why you're doing this. So don't confuse that as your goal. Like it's actually just a tactic. Exactly. So well said. I love what you kind of wrote in this outline here. We we've had questions a lot about how much do you guys take on at once? You know, how many clients at once can you handle, you know, like those types of questions we get asked all the time. And so Giselle wrote here, she said, how much to take on at once, colon, a lesson on being realistic. And I'm like, I feel like that could be a book title and I would buy it and read it. Like, because it it is so true. Like you really have to think about and be realistic. How long does it take you to take a project from start to finish? And sometimes people are like website in two weeks or a logo in a weekend. I love that. I think that's cool. I think it's a great way to, you know, set a time boundary. But like, you know, for people who don't do that, like me, you know, I just, you know, give people a certain specific amount of time, like, oh, logo for, you know, branding, maybe four weeks, website, you know, depending on how intense it is, maybe like three or, you know, two to four weeks for a website for me. And so, you know, really go through, like I always say, like take inventory of like how long it takes you to do each project. How many hours do you want to realistically work in the day? You don't have to work for eight hours. 
hours. You don't have to work for 14 hours for sure. You know, if you, if you want to set a goal for yourself, like I'm going to work for six hours every day, three in the morning, three in the afternoon, then like stick with that. But make sure that like you know that the number of clients and the number of hours you have to work on those clients, that's going to be a little smaller. So it's very worth it to go through and think like, if you don't know how many things you can take on at once, try it out balance, you know, test, you know, it's a measure, measure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do, you know, do, what do you say, Giselle? You say do a, an after uh, post, action. Post-mortem. Yes. In the army, they call it after action review, AAR. Um, so I'm just thinking army stuff, but that's so valuable. And that's a great way to figure out how much is too much or how much is just right. And that number is going to be different for everyone. I wish there was a hard and fast rule. It said, oh, you should have four clients at once. About four projects, branding and web at once for me is my sweet spot in case anyone was wondering. But that really depends on the scope. I mean, Giselle takes on these huge like WordPress builds. And you know, like she works for companies that have tons of employees. She also works for smaller businesses, but that's going to look different for her than it looks like for me. Um, and it looks like for you guys. Yeah. So like, for example, like next month, I'm projecting to just work on two projects. One is a conference project, like just a bunch of materials for a conference. And then the other one is an annual report that we've been doing every year for one of my biggest clients. And it's like, both those things are a beast. And the annual report is like an insane beast. And I know if I take on anything after that, besides that, I'll have to completely delegate it to one of my designers because I'm just not, I'm going to be like focusing on these tight deadlines, big projects instead. And um, and this is something I learned from experience and from like crying a lot last Last year being like, why did I do this <laughs> to myself? So many tears. <laughs> but but with that said, like even earlier today, I had a, a call with my contact for um, the annual reports and we went over like, what did we do last year? What do we want to continue doing this year? And what could we do better than we did last year? So like a postmortem with the client. And this is why I love having like re- retainer clients. It's just like so great having these relationships. But anyway, and then I wish I would have recorded that time last year on Toggle. That's what we use for our, you know, what do you call it? Time tracker. Time tracker. Yeah. And that's how I can see like how much time each project is taking up, comparing that to how much we charge the client and seeing like if it's a profit or a loss. And I've been doing that, for example, with like the these magazine articles that I have that we do every quarter. And I thought, oh, it'll be great to see how much time we spent on the annual report last year. And I had nothing listed. <laughs> and I was just kicking myself in the head, like, well, how am I going to know how much time to delegate if I'm not recording? I'm not measuring. So, one of those really big things about learning where your sweet spot is is seeing, like, how much time are you actually spending on these projects? Cause you could be thinking, you know, it's taking forever and it's not really taking that long. You're just maybe not delegating the time well enough for yourself or mm-hmm. it's taking longer than you think, but you're trying to romanticize everything, which is something you know, that I tend to I- do. I want to speak to that for a second because I am just so optimistic in terms Mm -hmm. of what I can get done every day. And I think I've talked about this before, (laughs) planning and time management. We did a whole episode on time management. Go back Mm -hmm. and listen to it. It is gold. I listened to it again, (laughs) just for my own benefit. It's like listening to Giselle talk about it is great. But my thing is like, just remember for me, and this might not be the case for everyone, but you will always get less done than you think you can. Yeah. You will always get less done than you think you can, unfortunately, because things pop up, you know, God forbid something pops up and you, you know, your car gets, you know, in the shop and you have to go and get the tires replaced or you have to do some like, you know, the handyman needs to come and fix a leaky pipe in your house. Like there are things are, that happen and pop up all the time that are going to take away from your time. Mm-hmm. Or there's a power business. outage. <laughs> or, there's, or like today, your computer decides that it's going to force you to update the software right, right. when you want to just record a podcast. You know, like yep. that pushed my schedule back a little bit, you know, and that's fine. We need to schedule time into our schedules for those things to happen. But being like realistic about how much you can get done with yourself um, and honest with yourself about, you know, your the way you work, the pace at which you work, you know, forcing yourself to work faster isn't always the best idea. But that's something that I struggle with this rosy outlook. I'm like, I'm gonna design a whole website today. It's like, no girl, take a step oh, back. Yeah. Like <laughs> every like, every day I wake up and I think today's the day I'm just gonna whip up my new website. I know. <laughs> and then it's the end of the day I'm like, there's no way I'm starting that. <laughs> I know. I know, right? I'm like, wait, how is it already three o'clock? Like right? I, 
feel like a lot of people experience that, not just in, in our industry, but you know, like I can sit down and like, just really get into the weeds of, you know, making a website mock-up I'm working on a web build right now for a client that I'm super excited about. And like, all I want to do is work on that one project, but then there's so many other things that take precedence. Um, I think making a to-do list that's, um, prioritized is also very helpful because there are things that I want to work on that I'm like, no, 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 this isn't due for another month. I can hold off on that, look forward to it and then knock out the things that I need to get done in order, almost like a little assembly line. That's helpful. Yeah. Not, not to get into the whole time management thing that we always love to talk about. Let's just start a time management (laughs) podcast. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, definitely, Jen. I, I've been doing that with ClickUp is what we use. And I've been listing it out instead of seeing like per client, which I used to do. Now I just see everything in one page and mm-hmm. it's listed by deadline and then by priority. So then mm. whatever's due today, it has like the most like urgent thing on the top of the list and then the least urgent. And then I, towards the end of the day, I like move deadlines around knowing that those things can be pushed off for the next day or the next week or something. Um, And that's been helping me so much with actually getting stuff done, especially coming back from the holiday season. Yes. It's always hard when you're kind of thrown back into the fire. Um, I use, I don't use ClickUp, but I use HoneyBook and they have a very similar tool where you can view things that are due today, or you can reveal everything that's due. And I I put non-business stuff in there too. Like, you know, go get the dog shots updated or whatever, you know, like, and it tells me like what I realistically am going to be able to get done that day. So just not to go into time management, but avoiding burnout is very, very important. If anyone's ever experienced burnout, it can be very physically, you know, it can manifest very physically in your body. Um, go check out at Rowan made on Instagram. Brie has a lot to say about avoiding burnout and her story is incredible. Go read her blog at RowanMade.com. She's amazing. But just be mindful. Just be mindful. Be mindful and intentional about your time and you know, record the things you need to record. Don't go too crazy with it if it's not, if that's not for you, you know. But I think that's that's what we have to say about setting boundaries with yourself. It's hard. One thing I wanted to mention about being realistic with the whatever you can get done in that day. I would say, like Jen and I both agreed to have like about three goals for the day that like if I could only complete these things, what would they be? And you have those three, but also adding in anything else that pops in your head that would be great to have after those three goals. That way, if two things, like one is that you're pushing yourself to complete those three goals so you can get to those other tasks. Mm -hmm. And number two is that if you do finish those three goals, then you know what else to work on instead of kind of like dilly-dallying, wondering like, what can I do now? (laughs) Or thinking that you have time that you actually don't have. (laughs) Yes, or like me checking Facebook. Hey, better um, community. I'm in there (laughs) Way too often. You guys need to be like, Jen, leave, go do work. But it's just fun. And you know, I need to I need to work better on that. But you know, I I did have another thought that like when you're when you're setting boundaries with yourself, like sometimes you need to treat it, treat like I said, treat yourself like an employee. Like, would you want your employees to be staying and slaving past their, you know, past the time it's time for them to go home and spend time with their families? No, of course not. You would want to be a good boss and like allow them to have that time off. You know, I'm lucky because I'm a yoga teacher and I have to be at the studio at a specific time. But maybe that looks like, you know, when it hits five o'clock, I'm going to finish what I'm doing right now. And then I'm going to close my computer and maybe you won't have anything to do and maybe it'll feel uncomfortable. Um, but you know, maybe you'll pick up a book or you'll, you'll start a TV show that you really want to watch, or you'll play with your dog or you'll play with your kids, or, you know, you'll go on a date night with your, with your spouse, like just creating space and like, and filling that space with the things that really matter. Like you have, the space has to be there first. Right. It's like you were saying, treat yourself like a person. Like you are not just your entity of whatever it is you're working under. You're your own person too. So really respect yourself by turning off your computer, working on passion projects or hobbies and, and spending time with family and things like that. And remember that, you know, you can start again the next morning at work and have an action plan for that. If it helps doing a big brain dump on your notebook so that you can have all of that leave your brain and just spend the rest of the evening enjoying your life as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And, yeah. My really just a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, not in front of a computer, like going outside. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do so try to make time to walk my dog and, you know, yoga is really important to me. And we've talked about that stuff, but it's, it really goes beyond just taking breaks. You know, it, it's just, it's not enough. Like, we're not just going to sit here and be like, make sure to take a one hour lunch break every day. It's like, like, like you guys know that, like, you know, you know that like you should be taking breaks and not be sitting for a long time, blah, 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 eat healthy and all that. Like it, it you just, just, 
treat yourself like your employee and that that's that. And speaking of pay yourself like an employee too. So whenever you're going to agree on like a small project that you know, isn't going to take very long and this and that, like think about yourself as the production artist, the one that's actually doing the work and then the manager or CEO or whatever you want to think of. Think of that too, when you're getting compensated, Mm -hmm. because that's the person that's dealing with client management, setting up systems, doing emails, calls, whatever. Remember that too. and, And compensate yourself for both these people. That is just you. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, we all have multiple personality disorder. I mean, like not, I'm not actually, I'm not like trying to like make, make light of that or anything, but we all wear so many different hats and it's, it's easy to look back at the end of the day and think like, Oh, I only got one thing done. It's like, well, no, you were, you were handling your house or you were doing the laundry or, you know, your baby needed you and you, you know, spend the majority of your day tending to your kids, you know, like really think about the terms at, at the end of the day, like what you got done and not, it doesn't have to be just business stuff, like be, see value in the, the other things. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly. helpful. So. Well, it's time for us to wrap up this episode. That's a little longer than we expected, but as usual, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> um, we have our inbox question today from Lauren Harris Brown. And she asks, how do you respectively cut ties with a client who is no longer a good fit? Ooh, okay. So is this... I'll ask you a question. Is this client someone that I'm currently working on a project with? Or are they like a retainer client that is just um, ongoing? Let's do both. Okay. So if, if I'm in the middle of a project with a client and it's like a nightmare project and uh, I am like... I've exhausted all of my other options in terms of making the project move forward or getting paid or, or whatever it is. If this person is really not a good fit, quote unquote, not a good fit, meaning that they are messing with your your mental state, then like you just need to write a strongly worded email. And it, you know, when I say strongly worded, I don't mean mean. I mean firm. When you say I you know, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna write the email right now, right off the top of my head. This is what I would say. Um I would say, dear client, I I think we both realize that this project hasn't really turned out the way either of us were planning. Um I no longer feel as if I am the best fit for this project as a designer. And then if you feel comfortable sending them to someone else, then you know, here are some people that I, I recommend that I really trust that I think would be a great option for you. Um and then you know you can apologize to you. Like, I'm sorry that this didn't work out, but what's going to be best for me and my business is to respectfully part ways. And then you can discuss contract and payment and all that. But, you know, not being so apologetic, like, I'm so sorry. Like not saying like, Oh, like being like down on yourself. Like I wasn't able to do this for you. Or like, I like be confident, but tell them exactly what you're saying. You're saying we will no longer be working on this project together. Don't beat around the bush. You know, like don't, you know, don't try to make it something that it's not be direct. And you know, they're probably going to come back upset and just know that and be willing to have an upset person but not having to work on the project anymore. And if they're a retainer client, it can be a little bit more like, hey, you know, I'm no longer working on this type of project. I'd love to pass you off to a designer that I really trust. Or, you know, if it's if it's a money thing, then you know, this compensation no longer is able to cover the work that I'm doing for you. I'd love to discuss, you know, um, potentially cutting down deliverables or increasing compensation or, or whatever. Um, that's a little bit easier of a situation. But if you're in a really bad spot with a client and there's nothing else you can do, be direct, don't beat around the bush. Um, yeah. And yeah, Overall. that's what I would do. Definitely. I 100% agree with that. And they'll respect you for you saying what you want and being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that goes a really long way. Maybe in the yeah. short run, like we were saying, like sometimes you just get angry about what's something that you see, but then, you know, there's some time that they're going to settle down and just going ahead and doing it is the most right. important part. And you guys may not be best of friends after that, you know? And <laughs> yeah. like, that was, that's the hardest thing for me to think, oh, someone might not like me. Oh gosh. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. but like be willing to risk that for your own sake, you know, be, mm-hmm. be, be okay with that. Be okay with someone being mad at you. And yeah. I'm saying that, and that is like the hardest thing for me. So mm-hmm. I struggle with it. I still haven't shared my, which I'll share at a different time because we're running out of time, but I still haven't shared my worst client story, but ah! the way that it ended was because I finally 
put my foot down and told her what I wanted. So mm-hmm. I just said, Hey, you know, this isn't working out. Basically what you said, Jen, like, like just basically saying that, you know, we're not going to proceed with this and we are going to go our own separate ways. And she was like, you know, at first she was like, no, like, let's just, you know, work something else out and this and that. And I could have, at the time I was very tempted as a people pleaser to say, okay, let's try it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead I was like, no. And it helped to have someone with me telling me like, Giselle, stand your ground. <laughs> yes. So if you have a hard time making an email with someone, hey, there's someone in, in the better community that's going to be able to help you out. So yes. reach out. We will be um, like, girl, hit send. I think hit if it send. wasn't for this person, <laughs> I would have just like sub- been submissive and been like, okay. <laughs> and it would have been miserable. And yeah. I am so grateful that I was able to just stand my ground and say, no, I'm sorry. We're just not going mm-hmm. to continue. And now in terms of something that's not as severe as that, I recently cut ties with a client who was on retainer with me and it wasn't a right fit because um, it was just too small of work with too much of management going on. So I just con- constantly felt drained by it. And um, the work wasn't that exciting for me anyway. Like the industry wasn't something that I wanted to keep pursuing. And just overall just wasn't a good fit anymore for the direction that I was leading Wander in. And so instead, I just um, let him know that as much as I enjoyed this relationship and the, working with him was really great, I'm just uh, focusing my attention in other projects. And at the moment, I, I can no longer take him on. But if he needs another like a big project or something like that, I left the door open for that. I told him, hey, if you ever need like a website or this and that, then... I'm happy to talk about it in the future because I enjoyed working with him, right? Mm-hmm. You can decide to just completely shut that door. And in the end, I just uh, gave him three recommendations of other graphic designers that I recommended that would be a better fit for him. And that's how I awarded it. And since then, it's been really great. He'll text me on holidays and say, hey, ha- Merry Christmas or Aww. you know, Happy Thanksgiving and things like that. So the relationship has been good. And it made me feel like I was able to say what I wanted. And at the same time, I was able to respectfully let him know that I appreciated our opportunity working together. And I wish him the best of luck. And keeping that relationship open because you never know, like maybe he, now he understands that I'm working with a lot bigger projects and that's what I'm focusing on. So maybe he'll find some bigger company friend because he's a business owner. Business owners have business owner friends and that he'll know exactly who to refer and it'll be one yeah. design. So there's so much value in being honest. Yeah. In exactly. so many different situations in business and life, you know, it just, it serves you. It just serves you so well. It's scary, but it's worth it. So thank you, Jen, for sharing everything today and yes, um, being too. open and transparent. And I hope you guys uh, really got something out of this. If you have any questions, email us right on the Facebook group, share your yes. mood boards, share your, whatever you're working on yes. and let us know what else you want to hear write an inbox question for us for a future episode. Just keep sharing and sharing, sharing. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys in the Facebook group. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.